This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Joshua Lee from Standout Authority. How are you doing today, man? Oh, man, I am amazing. I get to spend some time with you two gentlemen and uh, be able to share some stories. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, for me, there's been a very, sorry, I'm looking for like a vibrant energy in, in getting to know you even just a little bit before we, we started recording. And that says a lot to me, man, that there's a, there's a mover and shaker in you. You know, a lot of people say, but that you really, you really do bring energy to you. And so I'm curious, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? I don't, not at all. I mean, my father came from me growing up. I mean, he was a hard worker, went through everything. Um, but I came from someone, uh, my mom started working whenever the family needed because at 15, the upper middle class going through, I was told I was never supposed to work through high school or college. And my dad was laid off. Um, and, you know, I, I went out and got my first job and my mom started working a little bit too. And, you know, one of the things I learned from my father of being able to kind of go through that it might not be entrepreneurship, but it, it, it's that drive that I see in so many entrepreneurs was do whatever it takes. Now, he went from an EVP at a very large company and he went, ended up going in. He worked for Sears, sold siding. He worked at Circuit City, you know, and did whatever it took there. Ended up, you know, finally, you know, how he even sold big rigs, right, for a little bit until he got the opportunity at a company and then worked his way from the bottom all the way back up to EVP again. So, you know, I think if I want to talk about entrepreneurship, I, you know, it's not always about that entrepreneur mindset, not always just being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that that definitely can impact the way you see the world. First of all, having to work young. Uh, and I find the most entrepreneurs, whether they were selling lemonade at an early age or just thrust into the, the pits of what life is known to be sometimes and you had to make your own way make sure you had pocket change or what have you and and what that did while you watched your parents at the same time work I, I, i'm starting to see the way that shapes things and yet you you have a composure to you and an energy to you that uh probably stems from this early thrust into maturity this is my this is just my own yeah. conjecture here and so watching all that happen at what point did you start to face the reality that you might just have to go into business was this like so you started working in high school was this like in college or a little post after you started another company with some friends or what was that like yeah i mean you know philip i mean it's it's always been there, right? I mean, like like you said, I mean, I remember selling candy at a locker, out of my locker, you know, in elementary school, right? Being able to go in there. Talk about a, you know, a massive margin. Parents buy the candy. I sell it. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> margins were 100%. But, you know, I've been doing this. I mean, even my mom tells me, she's like, I remember when you were younger and, you know, you wanted to go to summer school, couldn't figure it out until the teachers called me and told me that, 
you know, because the numbers were all my things. She's like, they're like, he's actually playing cards. He's counting the cards and he's taking all the kids' money and stuff like that. And I, you know, so I was always looking for those angles, right? Being able to go in. So like what happened with my dad and the, the shift there, what that really did was treat, really show me the value of money, right? Because before then, my parents were taking it. Yes, I wanted it. Yes, I figured out ways to be able to get it. I saw opportunities. But at the same time, being able to do that, it gave me true value, right? And being able to do that. So not until, you know, in college, as I was going through them, college just really wasn't an amazing thing that I wanted to do. I had the opportunity based on my SAT scores to be able to kind of go to any college. Ended up following a girl, playing football here in Texas, you know, realized that that wasn't going very far. I'm 6'2", white guy. You know, I was like, all right, I'm not playing quarterback. So I needed to exit that and, you know, started going to school. But, you know, at a certain point, it was, you know, early 20s when I actually started my first real company. Um, and that was really after an opportunity opened up. I mean, like, really, I was... I had been in the, had got my broker's license and, you know, in that early stage, early in late 1990s, um, late, late, like right 2000. And then, you know, I, I started in that world, saw the massive opportunity there and started kind of running that whole world. And then saw the writing on the wall for that way before 2008 and said, man, people are going the wrong way. You know, they're, they're buying homes. For and they're actually owing more money on their house afterwards because they're refinancing every time. So jumped out and got a job in the online advertising world with a buddy of mine. Brought me in, kind of doing that whole thing. And the owner kind of came in after about six months of me being there. And he became a he changed. He came from an owner operator, from an owner to an owner operator, right? Being able to actually be in the company rather than working on the company. And there's a lot of owners out there that really should be the people that are working on where you're going, not where you're at. And it really threw that company out. Company shut down and created my first opportunity to be able to create my first company. I love that. So, and just so to make sure I understood that correctly, yeah, when he came in, it actually made things worse. It <laughs> did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was crazy. It was like, you know, he was one of those guys that he started the company, but at the same time, he probably should have stayed in that way because the company was working really well. Then he wanted to get his hands in it and it just <laughs> really threw a, a negative thing on the aspect. So it's, uh, I mean, look, let's be honest. I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years, man. And I'm going to tell you some of the biggest, you know, biggest massive slowdowns in companies are usually the owners because again, they're slowing down the company because they're trying to be able to control every aspect of it rather than hiring the right people to be able to do and stay in their superpowers to be able to help that company grow. Oh man, you're preaching to the choir with uh with John, well actually to the congregation with Jason. I mean, he's he talks about that all day. Jason, you got any notes on that? <laughs> well, first of all, it's called it's called triage. <laughs> That's what it's called. It's triage, right? And and a lot of the times, like I I learned pretty quickly that I am my own bottleneck, right? So I learned pretty quickly uh to very quickly put a CEO in place. Um, I'm still the CEO of one company, but the other the other six companies, I don't do anything. They're smarter than me in those fields. And I just get out of the way, right? Because it's part of the part of the that that should be a perk of of owning a company in the first place, right? Right. Is to figure out how to quickly work yourself out of a job. 
right? 100%. As quick as possible. As quickly as possible. And not so many people right? do that. They, they become an entrepreneur and they just have another job they work more at. Yeah. Right? And then right. They they're like, oh, I'm leaving a job. Well, no one wants a job, right? And you've <laughs> got to be able to kind of go in that. And I always look at people like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur entrepreneur for life. I'm like, dude, that's, I mean, that's, that's hard. That's burning the candle at both ends. Like, I want to be a business owner with an entrepreneurial mindset. I don't mm. want to be an entrepreneur all the time, right? And so, and it's hard for people to grasp their minds around that. Like, ah, when they see that shift, that's when you, what you're talking about, Jason, really happens and allows that company to be able to function and be able to function at its fullest level while you're doing what you need to be able to do because you can't be that person looking where you're going and also looking down at where you're at. Yeah, I I always I always get. Uh... Um, and you hear people say it all the time, you know, I'd rather work 80 hours for myself than 40 hours for somebody else. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't mean you get a four hour work week, but wouldn't you rather just work 40 hours for yourself? <laughs> yeah. Do you really need to do the 80? <laughs> yeah. It's like the word busy. Yeah. Busy, I hate the word busy when people say I'm too busy. No, you're not. You just don't know how to allocate your time. <laughs> yeah. that's what that oh, yeah. comes down to we so, see people do that all the time yeah. jason i mean that yeah i'm sure you have you ever seen that uh the the one way to be able to go about it the 10 100 1000 10,000 to be able to look at the time frame and how you how to be able to value your time mm-hmm. yep i know what you're talking you're about kind of going there like oh here's what I, my 10 dollars an hour task here's my 100 yep. you start taking those 10 dollars out I'm like it's like you look at people like you've got to be able to value your time at minimum at thousand dollars an hour right and to be able to wrap your mindset you've got to look at all the tasks you do like are you going to pay someone $1,000 an hour to, to read your email, respond, or do your social media? Probably not. You pay someone $1,000 to mow your lawn, and it's not just in the business side. You look at your whole life. And so when you start seeing these tasks, you go, okay, these are $10 an hour tasks. Let me take them off. And then you start working your way up so you stay in those levels that you need to be able to keep your mindset and focus on and allows you to be able to really understand the value of your time. Man, so... Getting back to the narrative, because all that is like just value bombs. In case anybody <laughs> needed a reminder, if you find yourself stuck in that rut, there it is. That's what you needed to hear <laughs> to get back out. Uh, so you get this guy. He takes the company under because he thought he was hot stuff yeah. and, uh, you know, ended up being a bottleneck. And we can all think of someone when we hear that story that we know who had done that in business and well, you know, all you can do is wish them the best. Now you took that as an opportunity where most people would have been like, man, the, the company fell. What am I going to do? You were like, great. I got all these skills now, all this experience, time to launch my own thing. Now is this thing that you launched from their standout authority? It's not, man. That was my first company. It was, it was a company called LF media. And well, back then, I guess it was leads and feeds. So, because again, I was in the online advertising world, man. So like this is 0203 and uh, we, it was all, and I was still doing what we do now, like relationship building it. Cause that's what it's all about, right? Being able to build those relationships. And because of what I had built in that short time frame, I was able to leverage those relationships and we did arbitrage, right? We, we took advertising from companies like Yahoo, Google and things like that. And then took the traffic from other websites and then we made, made money on the margin, right? So we were that, that broker in between leads and feeds, right? Being able to kind of go through head on the nose on how we actually were working that. And, you know, I really got catapulted very quickly because 
because of how I had relationships and how I was looking, when I say opportunity, one of my first clients um, happened to be a company that most people have forgotten about, um, a company called MySpace. Oh, yeah. Wow. So um, I had the opportunity based on a relationship that I built um, to be able to kind of come in there and they came to me with this problem. They said, Josh, we need to be able to monetize this traffic. What are your thoughts? And because of relationship that I had with, was Overture at the time, but then it became Yahoo, we developed and I helped them create one of the first social media ads that most of the social media ads you see today were based off of. And so we were very quickly, roughly printing money um, overnight, um, being able to go through their traffic, be able to understand how to be monetized. I mean, throughout that, that relationship, of course, the relationship changed a little bit when Rupert Murdoch came in and made one of the other best business decisions I've ever seen bought MySpace and then just sold the advertising rights for almost double what he bought the company for nine months earlier. It was fantastic. Took me out of the picture, but you know, it was a great start for us to be able to kind of go into. And that allowed me to really start my other companies, which ran from, you know, Philip, I mean, I monetized everything, every acronym in that world, right? You have CPA, CPM, CPL, I mean, like all those different ways. And throughout that career, I, I, I started going through, you know, it was money, right? Concentrating how much money I can make when we're sleeping, what's going on. And I mean, this was something I learned later that I needed to actually adjust. But I mean, I controlled over 35 trillion online impressions across my own servers. I've monetized almost a half a billion dollars in advertising, you know, for all of our partners. And, you know, being able to go through and building those different companies, I started partnering with different people as well, too, to be able to create other companies. But I'll be honest, Philip, I mean, it, it, it led me to a path that outside looking in, I mean, look, at early 20s, yeah, the, the world was my usher. It was the best thing and the worst thing that happened because of getting all that money, it also made me make a lot of decisions that were probably not the best ones to be able to make when I first make it. I mean, I think I, for making my first million, I, I probably lost it just as 10x faster than I ever made it uh-huh. and kind of going through because like, oh, hell yeah, we got this, we got it in the bank, kind of going through the whole thing. But it led me this path. It led me to a point where I was, I was constantly building companies um, to be able to see how much more money I can mass. Yes, I, at, at a certain point, um, when 2008 hit, um, I was running nine different companies ranging from six, seven, and eight figures in the online advertising space. And when 2008 hit, we were bleeding money because that's when people started really kind of pulling back on their advertising spend. We were probably, I mean, I was cool, right? I had my servers right next to Sony PlayStation in LA on the, the backbone, right? I was like, you know, there was a whole thing that we we were we were bleeding like $300,000 a month and having to be able to shift and adjust. But wow, we didn't make it through it because I didn't do like a lot of my friends. I wasn't out there buying the Ferraris, buying the you know, the Lambos, buying the, the boats and like that because I, I did start a family at the same time um, in 2009. Wow. And it was, that's where I really started shifting my story. Yeah. Who would, who would have thought like, because you had started to achieve the kind of success most people hope one day to actually have, and you had already done it at an early age. The fact that you had a family really anchored you into making decisions differently than if it just would have been all you, you probably, <laughs> there's no telling what you would have done with all that. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like a Bruno Mars. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. You know, I get it. And that was the thing, right? I mean, so many people go through and they, they don't look at these things, but I mean, that's, that's the, that's that key that 
even though I had that shift and I started with a family, that didn't, that's when my eyes started really opening. I started seeing the gaps in what I thought I was doing. Yes, I was giving back. Yes, I was going through, but dude, I, I was building companies because what I was taught to do as a man, as an entrepreneur in this world, don't show your cracks, don't show where you fail. And at the same time, amass as much money as possible. Money was the object. It was the key. Well, what we learn as we kind of go through and kind of go through that, like you make money your focus point, like it, you're, you're never going to achieve the goals. You're not going to be in alignment. I mean, that was one of those big shifts that I had to be able to really make. And it started pulling me down a path that I started feeling very depressed. I mean, I, I remember Jason, when my son was born in 2009, he's about to be 13 here real soon. And I wanted to be that, I didn't want to be that absent father. So I started going to the office, I started working at my house and I always had my office doors open. So I wanted to be able to be that man that could actually say anything in front of my son, no matter what age, I couldn't say it in front of him. I shouldn't say it at all. But at a certain point, as I kind of go in and was like, oh, Josh has it successful. You know, Jason, you were talking about, I had the teams, right? Like I have all those companies. People never thought I worked because I had so many different team members in place to be able to do that. But at a certain point, because I was building something that wasn't aligned with what I was, I really wanted to be able to do. And I was just making it money as the object. I was depressed. I had built a, a career, a family, a journey that was not, does not make me happy. And at a certain point, that office that I had at the house, you know, Philip was, those doors shut, man. And, you know, to be 100% transparent, that office became not only a sanctuary for me to be able to escape my life where I would stare at the wall all day, but a coffin where I would actually contemplate my life if, if I should be on this planet or if the money that I had made or that I was worth with my life insurance would be better for my family. And that was a pivotal point in my life. Oh man. That's deep, brother. That is freaking deep. I respect you um, for not only getting yourself through that, um, cause I can relate to that. Um, yeah. not necessarily around the business world part of things, but through my military career and, and lots of deployments and so on and so forth. And, and, and then running all these companies and piling all that on top of that. And, you know, all these demons on top of, of, you know, business demons, personal demons, all these things. Right. Yeah. And, and they start to build up on you. And, you know, I, I have ultimate respect for you for getting through that, those times. And I'm going to try not to get emotional here, um, but uh, getting through those times and, and winning your way through it because your family needs you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that was, that was a thing, sure. Jason, man, that kind of went through because, you know, at that point, uh, it, it, I was really blessed, man. I had a, a good friend of mine that came to me and I was telling him what I was going through. And because I, I had the, I was on the outside front. No one, I never, never showed anyone that I was going through these things. It was Atlas, you know, pushing the, you know, the boulder up the thing. Like it was on me. And I felt so alone because so many entrepreneurs put ourselves and make ourselves alone in this world because we don't even want to let anyone know that we need help, right? Or we need, it's not so much we need help, but, we, we all look for support, right? And I mean, that's that difference between help and support and people look at that differently. So, you know, for me, I had a buddy of mine that came to me and honestly, he gave me permission. 
And that's what I was looking for. He gave me permission not only to take my life back, but honestly, to give my former hers. And I say former because at that point in time, I realized the gap that we had grown to. I mean, look, she came to me. She's like, because I was trying to change what would be to actually make positive movements. And Jason, she came to me. She goes, why are you trying to add, you know, like do all this good stuff? Like do what you do best, monetize, you make money. And I knew our gap between her and I had grown too much from where we had gone. And, you know, the only way to be able to take back my life, give back hers and our relationship that we had, we had built at that point. And because I was also trying to protect the kids, you know, because we all were like, oh, I got to stay there to protect the kids wasn't good for them. And so I walked away. I ended up going through a divorce. It was my reset. Um, I, my lawyers had told me it was going to take up to three years because they thought money was being hidden all over the world. Um, I said, let's screw that. I shut down all my companies and at 36 to be able to save time, that one resource that we can't get more of for my kids specifically, you know, I walked away from everything at 36, gave everything away to her and um, moved in with my parents with a little over a thousand dollars of my name to restart my life and to be able to move forward the right way this time around. Wow. That's epic, man. That is freaking epic yeah wow. i mean it, it was a, it was a time <laughs> yeah epic's probably not the right word but i mean uh it, it, i mean the situation was epic right yeah. i mean it was a dire situation i don't want somebody to take it the wrong way like oh it was epic yay <laughs> that's not what i meant uh, so but the time itself was big it was epic yeah. it was a time in your life that it was like you know I barely got what I need to move on, but I'm going to conquer the shit. Right. Yeah. And well, that was my first thought, Jason, that was my, I was like, I, I barely got <laughs> and I'm going to conquer it until I realized, and I was, I was doing that whole thing. Right. I mean, I was 36. I was like, okay, I'm back in the world. It's out with my buddies. You know, I was keeping my mind busy. So I was, you know, hanging out, partying, all that kind of stuff like that. And then spending my time with my kids, just keeping my mind. But, and it didn't, it didn't dawn on me that I was actually in a mini depression after that. Cause I had walked I hadn't worried about money for 10 years, you know, to be able to go like on free, I'm released, but there were these still these things that I was used to. We get conditioned for. And not until that point. And I mean, at a certain point I went to my, my, some, uh, some really close friends and I said, Hey, cause I was still my perception of everyone else's perception of me was driving me crazy because I have no clue what their perception is, but I was perceiving what the perception is. This is what drives most people crazy. And that was really dragging me down. That I was that person that I used to be. And I had to get, continue on social media to be able to show up and, and be that person and pretend to be that person. And that wasn't healthy for me. And not until I told my buddies that release. And then I went and told the world, said, hey, this is what happened. I walked away. This is putting all my cards on the table. Did I start having that opportunity, Jason, to have that rise, to be able to, to where I was going to be able to do, be honestly where I am today with you guys, being able to share this story, but I had to be able to do that. I had to be able to be honest with myself 100% and realize where the lowest point I got and honestly be honest with other people and say, look, here's my vulnerability. And I mean, dude, I wrote a book on it. Balance is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Work-life balance, man. You know, 
<laughs> man i mean just your your journey so far as it's unfolding here it mirrors a lot of like dante's inferno and all the things that came your way money riches you know family like the ideals that came your way the temptations that came your way and even after you left everything how you were tempted again to try to go back down the exact same path but this time you you pulled yourself out and say wait a minute i'm doing it all over again nothing has changed and yeah. we had just had a conversation with we had just had a conversation with someone about this earlier this acceptance uh this moment of acceptance of everything that is right the good the bad the ugly the transformation opportunity it really it really starts to to take shape here and i mean you know jason already said it it's just jason already said it what a transformation that you were able to accomplish so much hit the hit the lowest points that some people probably still haven't hit and man hopefully you hit those when you're younger and not when you're older right <laughs> and and you were able to bounce back so my question is now we're talking about down out authority after yeah. everything you've been able to accomplish and all the money that you pulled in and all the metrics you've been able to help people analyze and 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 turn into actionable steps and then you move into the world of helping people establish themselves in the world and 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 really take hold and and and, and shape who they are on yeah. the online world is that accurate it is it is but it, it took me a bit right like so after I, that whole piece like even when my wife met me it's it's funny you guys would get a kick I, i'll send you a picture but you know i i went full i was like i'm gonna be a life coach. i wrote the book right i'll be a life coach i'm gonna teach everyone else i mean dude i was i was full Full in it, you know, man bun. I had my mala beads, you know. I was, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was like, I'm going all in. I'm forgetting the digital stuff, you know. Like I've got to be able to teach people because I never wanted anyone to feel as alone as I did, right? I wanted to be able to share from my experiences, and that was my first. And, I, and then I realized really quickly, I was like, man, I'm not a life coach, and I don't know. I don't. I don't think I need to be in that. But how do I actually humanize? And that's what I was really looking for, humanize what I was doing before that online advertising world. And that's kind of where standard authority was born to really be able to help people humanize how they are online, to remind them that there's a you and human. And every company, as we kind of look at this, right? We've got, you, you look at online, right? There's B2B or it's B2C. Well, well that's bullshit, right? That this way to be able to diversify ad spends Every company is run by another human being. So it's all H to H, human to human. And once I saw that, and then I was able to take all that information and then be able to go, what platform can I really be able to leverage this on and really be able to be a guiding light, a lighthouse to be able to help other people, the right people, right? The people that are trying to add value to this world, not just monetize it. And that was on LinkedIn. And I started being able to go through there and teach people that, look, it's not about this talking about yourself, pitching, selling. I mean, like we've all been on there. Get those people that are like, hey, you're on LinkedIn, me too. And then two seconds later, they spam you with a pitch and people get so sick of it. And once I started getting that for the man, it's, it was massive shifts and changes. And I mean, it, it's amazing to be able to go through because I mean, now I get to work with men and women. I used to read their books on how to be able to start my own companies 20 years ago. Now I get to help them educate, inspire, and draw in their audience, not sell them. That's so much more powerful when someone chooses to work with you rather than being sold to work with you. And I mean, like people go, oh, it's LinkedIn's, is it like, oh, Josh, you're the LinkedIn guy. Yes, and, right? Because like LinkedIn's the vehicle. But what, what I do and how we do it, working with people on their personal brands and things like that, 
dude, it's just the same things that my mom taught me how to be able to treat other human beings. We're just doing it online, right? So it's not like rocket science. I'm just reminding people to treat others with that, that humanity, with that respect that we all deserve and to be able to go in and we're just doing it on LinkedIn. And dude, it's, it's exciting. I, get, I, I love to be able to do it because I see the messages we go in and we work with some of these people when you change their life, when you just reach out. Like if Jason looked at my profile, reach out and appreciate someone for something you haven't been appreciated for, right? Like, oh, Jason, I saw you looked at my LinkedIn profile. Man, I just want to reach out and say thank you. You know, too often we don't appreciate it. I'd love to be able to connect with you and, and find out what pushed you to check me out. It's so much more human than, hey, let's connect. And then the, you, you're wearing a shirt? Me too. Let's connect. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's, here's the other thing. It's like we forgot no like and trust. Right? Yeah. It's like connect with me. Wham! Whole three yeah. paragraphs of shit, right? And it's yeah. like, I'm not reading that. I'm sorry. Right. No. So it's no like three paragraphs of garbage about me, 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 <laughs> me. Shit. Right. It's yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, well, Jason, I, I, mean, I don't want to be. A they're just trying to that. pitch. They're going for those those yeah. thousand. If they send out a thousand messages to get the one sailor like, yay, one sailor. And it's like, yeah, no, you just pissed yeah. off nine hundred ninety nine people. <laughs> Would you treat that person like a human being? If you do that, even if you still get the one sale, you just created 999 advocates. And dude, an advocate is so much more powerful than a one-to-one -one sale. Because an mm -hmm. advocate can bring you more clients than you'd ever imagine. And when you make that shift, it's amazing what you can do on this world to be able to create shifts and changes. Yeah, man. I just think about how, how awesome it is that like you come from monetization. Like you're like, I'll monetize anything with letters on it. I'll figure out a way to, to turn it into money. And you did. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then you step into the world of, of, of helping people magnify their message and you go, okay, I can almost immediately tell, I know where you're going with this. And, you know, I've been there before, not going to happen. Uh, are you willing to listen to some advice? And then if they do, then you help them, you help them break down and actually see what mission actually motivates them, which brings in that life coach, that light in you, right? You're trying to get people to open that part of themselves up and maybe even spare them the, the hurt that you went through, right? And yeah. on the other side of that, at the same time, for the ones that do have a solid message, guess what? They actually are now in the hands of someone who can monetize that for them. Like, look, I'm going to show you exactly where the money could be yeah. to make sure that this is a sustainable uh, endeavor to, yeah. to, to, to create the message that is sustainable. And I think that's such an interesting combination given all the experiences you have. And, you know, it's funny, like when I think about the, cause I, I, I've done work like this, but I don't have your background in that respect. You know, for me, it's more about the presentation and how it's coming across. Is it being understood? And that comes from having, you know, podcast conversations and things of that nature and yeah. what's in between the lines. But when you add the thorough experience that you have of monetization and also, you know, some hard knocks from life on top of all that, that's like next level stuff, man. So my question to you is where can people go if they're like oh well i've heard enough where do i go where, where do you prefer that they connect 
I mean, let's just be honest. I'm super, they, they, you know, Phil, they call me the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn, right? So like surprise, surprise, re- reach out to me on LinkedIn. But I mean, like, this is the biggest thing I want people to realize. Like, don't just, and you can find me, Joshua B. Lee on there, but don't just send me that blank and extra. Don't be like, hey, dude, you got a shirt on, right? Like, you know, like <laughs> send me, like what I always love, because I mean, I always believe that, you know, everything starts with a conversation. Conversations can create relationships and relationships open up opportunities. Right. And when you're doing that the right way. So like if someone wants to connect, tell me why. If they're sending me a message right now, tell me why you listen to the war room all the time, because that gives me a reason to be able to keep a conversation relationship even more so with you and Jason to go back. Dude, look at all these amazing messages I got away, why they listen in, what they learn, what they get value at. So, I mean, it allows me to build a relationship with them and be able to come back to you guys and be able to tell you all the amazing stuff they tell me. I'm totally going to send you a message that says, do you have the same shirt? <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I get that. I'll get that. Hey, do you, you're and then they're like, LOL, Josh, I heard you on the podcast. I'm like, <laughs> at least, you know, somebody was listening, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, that's, that's that whole piece. I mean, guys, I mean, this is, it's not worrying about the, it's not that link. It's not the LinkedIn algorithm, the Facebook, the Instagram algorithm. When you're actually tapping into the one algorithm that really matters, the human algorithm, you don't have to learn the next trick. You don't have to learn the next, whatever you're going to try and do to be able to, to get someone to be able to go that you have to keep on learning every six months. Dude, the human algorithm evolves over time. It doesn't change. Right. So like, that's the biggest thing. It will, it will stand the test of time. And these are these things that people need to understand is how do you, like Jason, you said, how do you build that know, like, and trust? Well, don't skip from the connect to the to the pitch. You've got to have those conversations to build those relationships to create those opportunities. Well, yeah. here's the here's the interesting thing though. Um, is I go back to my grandfather's time you know, of yeah. business, right? Yeah. There were no cell phones, there, there was no social media, there was none of that stuff. Yeah. Right? And they were still making billions of dollars then, right? Yeah. So all we have to do is do the same thing today. We just have a better vessel to do it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We can just have more quality conversations today than they could. So technically we should all be billionaires (laughs) like multiple times over. (laughs) Just got to be able to take that time. Right. I mean, that's the whole piece. People don't want to go, they got to get there too fast. They don't, they don't enjoy the journey. Yeah, I think that's the big thing that people and like what we're talking about today, you know, Philip's been talking about like, hey, let's talk about your journey, right? Like, I've got to be able to go through and remember that journey to be able to get to where I am today, because I didn't enjoy it and and appreciate it. We wouldn't be talking right now. And that's where people need to understand, too, is it takes time, like you said, I mean, like I said, too, like, I do the things my mom taught me how to do. We've had a good journey, we just forgotten to be human online. And how we actually connect. We're not the things we do online, we would never do in person. Because dude, somebody might deck you half the time. That but you be can hilarious. be you can be so much cooler online though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine isn't, that someone... a, isn't that a song? Isn't that a country song? It's oh, so it much should be. <laughs> I, I love the trillionaires that are out there. Like, oh my yeah. god, yeah, me too. <laughs> 
No, I mean, it, it's true. I, the idea of somebody walking up to you at a party and going, hey, you're at the party too? Great, me too. You know what? I've me who talked to you about this mobile application that I want you to develop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. No, forget about it. I, I, I'm glad that you're bringing that. The more we talk about it, hopefully people will eventually shift because I don't know why they think that's working. Are they looking at the numbers, right? It doesn't add up. Uh, With that said, though, I'm curious. There's a few things uh, that uh, I'm working out here. And one of them is, do you have anything in particular that happened yesterday that look now starting today, you're like, you know, I'm not doing that anymore or that you're going to change as of yesterday. Uh, we find that we find that entrepreneurs actually always have an answer for that. It's like, oh no, yeah, I know what I decided yesterday. What I decided yesterday before the day was over that I'm not doing today. Is there something I mean, like that? It, we don't have time to get all into it. <laughs> it's crazy that we're having this podcast now because yesterday was a massive different day because I've been busy like crazy today. Because you know, a month ago, Philip, I uh, I launched my own SLA coin um, on the blockchain, and we launched on ETH and. As of yesterday, I was like, dude, I got to make sure I protect my family and go through. Like, again, we've got a whole group called the family. Use the last name, you know. So. <laughs> and um, we, we shifted it to Solana. And I mean, I know this is probably going over a lot of people's heads, but in the long run, as we continue to go through, people are looking at, you know, Web3 is the future. We're going in this way. And I want to make sure that if I'm in it and I'm and leading the front to be able to educate and inspire people, building that know, like, and trust, like Jason said, I've got to be able to make the right decisions. So, I mean, like, look, I, I made a first gut gut decision to be able to jump in. And after being able to do the research, and look, this is my first time to be able to make a that gut reaction go, oh, man, because I mean, I do always try and trust my gut. But then once I did the research, I knew that I needed to be able to make it. So the biggest thing I want people to do and that I, I continue to be able to tell myself is, look, yes, you've got to be able to make quick decisions in this world. But at the same time, make sure they're educated. They're based on facts that you've actually looked and held for yourself before you make that next big decision for yourself and for your community, for your family, whatever it might be. Especially in Web3 and blockchain. Oh, it's changing all the time. But yeah, no, we... I spent all day today teaching people how to switch over and create a Solana wallet. No, it's been a day, but it's <laughs> it's fun, man. I mean, it's I, I'm trying to shift the way that we actually do masterminds and, and workshops and stuff like that and change, not that you're buying knowledge, but actually turn that knowledge into assets with everything that we're doing in the space right now. It's uh, I'll keep you guys posted. It's going to be fun. Yeah, no, I'm glad we asked, man. That's that's. It's proving to be a really valuable question these days. And with that said, there's really only two pieces of business to attend to here. And then uh, I'm curious, knowing what you know now, if you had the chance to go back to the Josh that was locked in the room, office, staring at the wall, just, and you actually had a key because it's you, right? And you opened it and you walked into the room and you got to meet eye to eye with yourself. What would you say to yourself then that you know now and understand now? Be 100% you, 100% of the time, on and offline. Because look, people are going to love or hate you. That's how they make decisions, right? You can not you can control that. Never be indifferent. So if you're 100% you, it's okay. Be able to go through that. And I mean, that's the biggest thing I would tell myself because I was that person that was actually going through, Philip, trying to be something online like we talk about everyone looks like they have this amazing life online 
Be human, man. Be 100% you. It's so much easier than trying to live two different lives. You have two different lives. You might as well be in a sane asylum, right? You have one life. Live it that way. Love it. Love it. And uh, before I go to the grand finale, Jason, do you do you have any anything there? Oh, you know, you uh, you look at influencers and all these things, right? And they're living these lifestyles and so on and so forth. And most of the time, that's not the life they're living, right? For real, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and everybody knows it. Right? Everybody knows that. Like I've always refused to be the Instagram family. I've always refused to be that guy, right? Um, where it's like, oh, look at my life and here's my child. He's perfect and you know, yeah. all that crap. Cause it's not real. No. It's just fake. And it and it 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 literally destroys people's lives, really. And you know, to to impress upon the audience is when did we stop? like really having to figure out how to just to be genuine. Yeah. Why, why, why did we have to like, all of a sudden it's hard to just be genuine. <laughs> why is that to be authentic? It's a basic human damn skill. Holy shit. Right. So it's like, when did we stop just remembering how to be authentic? And, Social media. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it changed the world, of course. Um and last thing, I love the family. That's really cool. And it's funny, funny story. Somebody uh, that I was talking to the other day, they go, do you know your first names in the months of the year? July, um, August, September, October, November. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can, you can package that up and be like, hey, yeah, hey, Jason, I, the, the, the year, every year. Yeah, get you some Jason in this year. <laughs> wow that's like the time i realized what the word news meant northeast west south i was like oh that's what that's what they call it news northeast west south that's crazy Philip, you probably just educated some people in the audience too that didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or i'm sure not they're like oh my light bulb dude <laughs> well, you grew up the last name lee too guys i mean it's amazing like even when you're having kids you're like Oh my! You should name your kid absolutely or positively. You know, so I figured. Okay, I got to go all in. Eventually, the the last name Lee is like L Y. So how do I actually play this in my own world? And that's where the the family was born. I mean, and that that that's yeah. genuine branding. Good stuff, Marcus Aurelius. There you go. There's a strong name for you. Hey. <laughs> Rhyme something with that. I do. my my or my wife because that's a. I love that name. My wife was like, absolutely not. You are not naming our son that. <laughs> you could have a strong name with the last name of Lee. Wow, that, would, so, that would be hard to use in a, in a rap. Marcus well, Aurelius, Aurora Borealis. <laughs> here's, the, here's the funny thing, though. So um, my son's name is Barrett, right? I'm a military guy. I grew up uh, uh, in the military. And, and the first part of my career I spent as a scout sniper, um, so the Barrett 50 cal, right? I wanted to name him Barrett, right? Yeah. Not be not necessarily because of the, the rifle. Um, and his name is Barrett, by the way. And she goes, Do not tell people you named him after a rifle. 
<laughs> so she picks his middle name, which is Henry. So every time she brings it up, I said, well, shit, you named him the damn weapon that won the West. And we rifle. <laughs> she didn't even know it. She didn't even know it. So I was like, I don't even want to hear it. That's funny. I love that. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, this has been this has been awesome, man. I, I yeah. really appreciate y'all having me on here. There, there, there's one grand finale. Okay. Right, and, and this this is for all the marbles here. Uh 2000 points. Winner gets the 2000 points, right? Uh if you could have invited anybody today to be an additional guest here to either join or just listen from anywhere in the world at any point in time, dead or alive, who would you have loved to have invited here and why? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's a it's a different difficult question because there's so many different people that you know have influenced my life throughout the years. Um, not through just through books, but through life. Um, since we've talked about the journey and really the pivotal point in my life, um, this might be not maybe this wouldn't be anyone that anyone knows unless you know him. But the man that actually gave that permission to me, right, to be able to take back my own life, Jesse Elder. He would be someone that I appreciate because he's one of those, he's an action philosopher, being able to, he was one of the only people that I've ever, ever been able to see to be able to blend that, that woo with the business in a perfect way that didn't, didn't go towards each side of the line. And it really gave me a lot of guidance and, and to, to the impact that he made in my life, I know that he would not only add value to this conversation, but add value to everyone listening as well, too. Love it, man. We would actually love to talk to him. I, I can guarantee that. I can look that up. <laughs> there it is, man. Well, th those are those are my thoughts. I, it's just been such a great conversation. Uh, Jason's got a closer. I love hearing it. It's a great reminder. Hit him with it, Jason. Yeah, I always say this. We have 168 hours in a week. You decided to stop by and spend 40 of them with us. Thank you for doing that. We, uh, you know, we get caught up in life. You know, you have money, cars, houses, all these, that's all that shit's replaceable. But what is not is that, right? So thank you for being here and sharing your story, your journey, all these things with this audience. Um, it's all extremely valuable. Hopefully, if you didn't catch it all, there was lots of shit in there that you need to go back and do a replay, baby because there's lots in there to take away for sure. There's more to unpack probably on a show too. <laughs> Just give us a couple more hours, a couple more, you know, a couple more drinks. We'll, we'll have some real there fun. You go. There you go. Appreciate hey. you being here, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you guys so much. There it is. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Llanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.